This is a Soulfire production. And we're back, everybody. Welcome to Wanders. Got a good show for you today, I think. I hope it's a good show. I feel like it's a good show. But we'll see. It could be a, a bag of hot garbage. Who knows? I've got a good feeling about it, though. We're going to talk about your birthday party candidate for president, Kanye West. And we're going to talk about Beyonce. Actually, we're going we're gonna to have some fun today. We got some birth control updates and, of course, a Gizlane. Gizlane, Ghislaine, Gizlane. I never know how to say it. I never know, but I do my best. That's all I can tell you. How about for this show, we'll call her Gizlane, and then maybe next time we'll go to something else. We'll just keep rotating as I give you the updates on what's going on with the Lady Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's co-conspirator, and all of his unlawful debauchery and then we're going to talk about here's what we're going to talk about in the in in something to think about so we're going to talk about it and think about it we're going to talk about microaggressions micro assaults and micro invalidations so we're going to define those and and dive into what those mean um and what they mean for us culturally on a higher scale larger scale uh yeah but real quick if you're digging this show, if you're feeling this show, get your happy ass over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Excuse me. It has been updated. Apple Podcasts. Leave it a five-star review and make sure to share it with your friends. You can also find me on YouTube. The channel name is Connor Moore. I'm there. That's where I'm at. If you follow me on any kind of social medias, the links are in the, all the things. And the links are also in the show notes of this show. So that's there for you if you're ready for it. But I know one thing for damn sure, I'm ready for you. And we got a lot of, there's so much stuff going on. We got people, we got Democrats and Republicans arguing about going back to school. We got people yelling about Mount Rushmore. But we're not going to get into that today. We may say that for another time. I like to give stuff a little bit, a, a day or two to air out, which isn't the best, I would think, for analytics and driving traffic necessarily. But... Some of the stuff I just get the I just get the 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 feeling, the sense that it just doesn't fucking matter, and I don't want to waste my time talking about it when I could be talking about Kanye West at length. And oh, we will be talking about Kanye West at length. And you know what? Let's just get into it. It's time. Let's get into the state of things. The birthday party. That is the party created by Kanye West in his wild, wild imagination. Oh, man. What a trip this is. But you don't have to take it just for me because there's a new Forbes article out that goes in-depth. This is an hours-long interview with Kanye West, and we're pulling out the sweet nuggets, and I'm delivering them right to your ear holes. Oh, man. But before we get into that, before we get into the article, I want to just, if you didn't know, Kanye has been a Trump supporter for quite some time. Quite some time. An avid Trump supporter. Even even going back, this is on April 25th, 2018. You don't have to agree with Trump, but the mob can't make me not love him. We are both dragon energy. Let me read that again. We are both dragon energy. He is my brother. I love everyone. I don't agree with everything anyone does. That's what makes us individuals. And we have the right to independent thought. Yeah. Now, some of the things I'm going to be reading you are less coherent than that. If you can find that uh, hard to believe, I understand. But we're doing it. We're doing it. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's where he stood. And Trump you know, replied, thank you, Kanye. Very cool. Um, so he's been, in the, he's been in the Oval Office. He's gone on rants. Now, 
I feel some sympathy for Kanye because he is bipolar. And not that that excuses his actions, but it does give us a little bit of insight into uh, the creative genius that is Kanye West um, and where some of this stuff is coming from. So Randall Lane from Forbes, he's the chief content officer at Forbes, sat down in what turned out to be, based on my uh, number of pages printed here, 13 pages of uh, Kanye West interview. And I really like the way he broke this down. So we're just going to go through it section by section. Uh, he's running with the birthday party. We're just going to run through here. Okay. He says, like everything I've done in my life, I'm doing it to win. And he also says that he's taking the red hat off, meaning the, meaning the Make America Great Again hat, taking it off for this interview. He's officially no longer a Trump supporter. And he's also never voted in his life. Now, he contracted COVID-19, he says, back in February, and that was a challenging experience. Um, unclear if that had anything to do with his decision to run for president of the United States. Now, his two advisors, Elon Musk, who endorsed him on Twitter, loosely, and uh, Kim Kardashian West, those are his people. That's his squad. That is his, as far as we know, that's as, that's as far as his campaign goes, is to Elon Musk and Kim Kardashian West, which by all rights is a pretty powerful duo, if you ask me, as far as influencers. So those are his advisors in um, his run to the White House. And he's also going to be speaking to Jared Kushner, the slimiest bastard on the planet. He did not say that. That is my opinion. All right. He insists that he's lost confidence in the president. It looks like one big mess to me, he says. I don't like that I caught wind that he hid in the bunker. I think he just called Trump a pussy. Yowza. So, moving on. He lost some faith in the president. Now, where are we going? Let's keep going. Um, he says he, was run, he would run as a Republican if Trump wasn't there. And he's going to run as an independent if Trump is there. Which I'm assuming Trump will be there. Let's, let's, let's also share real quick that um, he's missed the deadline to get on the ballots in a handful of very important states, and uh, all reputable parties, aside from the birthday party, have already had their candidates, including the Green Party and the Libertarian Party, on top of the Democrats and, and, and Republicans. Oh, man. Trump is the closest president we've had in years to allowing God to still be part of the conversation. Maybe. Okay. Now, moving on, moving on. This is on how race will be decided. Let's see if the appointment is in 2020 or if it's 2024, because God appoints the president. If I win in 2020, then it was God's appointment. If I win in 2024, then that was God's appointment. Okay. Appointed by God, understood. Um, we pray, we pray for freedom. It's all about God. We need to stop doing things that make God mad. Noted America quit doing shit that makes God mad. That's a problem. Okay. On vaccines. Okay. Here we go. It's so many of our children that are being vaccinated and paralyzed. So when they say they're going to fix COVID with a vaccine, I'm extremely cautious. That's the mark of the beast. I'm going to read that again. So when they say they're going to fix COVID with a vaccine, I'm extremely cautious. That's the mark of the beast. Let's continue. They want to put chips inside of us. They want to do all kinds of things to make it where we can't cross the gates of heaven. I'm sorry when I say they, the humans that, the devil, that have the devil inside them, and the sad thing is that the saddest thing is that we all won't make it to heaven. That there will be some of us that do not make it. Next question. Okay. <laughs> so all of us aren't making it to heaven. Noted. On his foreign policy. I haven't developed it yet. I'm focused on protecting America first with our great military. Let's focus on ourselves first. I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be the goal of foreign policy is to protect the United States, but okay. On abortion, I'm pro-life because I'm following the word of the Bible. Okay, pro-life. Oh, on the needs for racial healing after George Floyd. 
I'm going to try and read this as my best Kanye. Well, God already has <laughs> fucked it up already. <laughs> well, God has already started the healing. This conversation alone is healing and revealing. We all need to start praying and kneeling. And another bar after that. But when a rhyme comes together, I'm going to complete it. Not inside the lines created by organizations that we know as our reality. The schools, the infrastructure was made for us to not truly be all we can be, but to be just good enough to work for the corporations that designed the school system. We're tearing that up. What we'll do is we're not going to tear up the Constitution. What we will do is amend. Now, you may think I'm a really bad reader, um, and I'm not a great reader at all, but this is actually how it's how it's written. So, And this is a transcript of a phone conversation. I have to put that out there as well. Uh, he goes on to say, Black History Month is torture porn. Okay. Um, now, let's see. On running in 2020, God just gave me the clarity and said it's time. You know I was out there, ended up in the hospital. People were calling me crazy. I'm not crazy. Between all of the influences and the positions that we can put ourselves in as musicians... You go on tour, you put out all these albums, you look up and you don't have any money in your account. It can drive you crazy. Though all of, all of that, I, through all of that, I was looking crazy because it wasn't the time. Now was the time. And we're not going crazy. We're going Yeezy. We're going Yeezy. It's a whole nother level. N-O-T-H-A. Now he felt the need to spell out nother, um, which is helpful. Okay. On Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> now this is fun for him to rip on Joe Biden. I, I, re I really enjoyed this part of the article. A lot of times, just like political parties, they feel all blacks have to be a Democrat. This man, Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for me, then you are not black. Well, act like we didn't hear that. We act like we didn't hear that. Ma that man say that that man said that it's a wrap. We're going to walk all the people. Jay-Z said it best for the other candidates. I just gracefully suggest y'all bow out. Trump and Biden gracefully bow out. It's God's country. We're all doing everything in service to God. Nobody but God, no more. I am in service of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and I put everything I got on the line to serve God. Okay, Kanye. Um, on developing policies. This is, his, this is his response to developing new policies as the President of the United States of America. I don't know if I would use the word policy for the way I would approach things. I don't have a policy when I went to Nike and designed Yeezy and then and went to Louis and designed Louis Vuitton at the same time. It wasn't a policy. It was a design. We need to innovate the design to be able to free the mind at this time. <laughs> we, we, need to, we need to innovate the design to be able to free our mind at this time. Damn, he's good. He's good. Now, he did say that he wanted to take on the Wakanda management model. Um, and I, I, I'm going to put you through this whole section here because this is fantastic. I'm going to read it all. But if you don't know what Wakanda is, it is the fictional city um, in the Black Panther movie, the Marvel movie. Um, for me, I think Wakanda was great. Uh, I don't think that Black Panther was a great movie, necessarily. Um, I don't know if Wakanda is even the best city within the Marvel Cinematic Universe to model a country after in the real world. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll get into it. Let's see. A lot of Africans do not like the movie Black Panther and representation of themselves in Wakanda. But I'm going to use the framework of Wakanda, of Wakanda right now because it's the best explanation of what our design group is going to feel like in the White House. This is a positive idea. you got Kanye West, one of the most powerful humans. I'm not saying the most powerful because you've got a lot of alien-level superpowers and it's only collectively that we can set it free. Let's get back to Wakanda, like in the movie. Wakanda, when the king went to visit that lead scientist to have the shoes wrap around her shoes. 
Just the amount of innovation that can happen, the amount of innovation in medicine, like Big Pharma. We are going to work, innovate together. This is not going to be some nipsy hustle being murdered. We're going to, we're going, excuse me, they're doing a documentary. We have so many soldiers that die for our freedom, our freedom of information, that there is a cure for AIDS out there. There is going to be a mix of Big Pharma and Holistic. That makes absolutely no fucking sense. Okay. This is his take on prayer in schools. Reinstate in God's state, in God's country, the fear and love of God in all schools and organizations, and you chill the fear and love of everything else. So that was the plan of the devil to have our kids committing suicide at an all-time high by removing God to have murders in Chicago at an all-time high because the human beings working for the devil removed God and prayer from schools. That means more drugs, more murders, more suicides. End quote. I could not disagree more personally. This is his take on taxes. I know this is pretty long, y'all, but I think it's worth a read because this is a serious candidate for president. And it has to be considered because, as we saw in 2016, anything can happen. I haven't done enough research on taxes yet. I will research what the strongest experts that serve God and come back with the best solution. And that will be my answer for anything I haven't researched. I have the earplug in. I'm assuming he talks about the earplug to God. And I'm going to use that earplug. Um, okay. Fantastic. This is the world we live in. This is 2020, everybody. Uh, he's against capital punishment. So that's great. Hmm. All right. On his other policies, clean up the chemicals in our deodorant, in our toothpaste. There are chemicals that affect our ability to be to be of service to God. Two-thirds of that statement I was 100% on board with. Clean up the chemicals in our deodorant, in our toothpaste, all body products, really. But then he loses me. There are chemicals that affect our ability to be of service to God. All right. And then last but not least, his campaign slogan. Well, my second album was called Late Registration. I got a rap. The other thing is my campaign is Kanye West. Yes, not yep, not yeah. Yes, yes, yes. When I'm president, let's also have some fun. Let's get past the racism conversation, let's empower people with 40, acre, 40 acres and a mule. Let's give some land. That's the plan. That actually doesn't rhyme. So, um, okay. So, a vote for Kanye West if you know how to work 40 acres and are um, handy with a mule. So, that's that's that. That's the article. Uh, go check that out. That's out in Forbes. Um, a very reputable outlet. <laughs> <laughs> but Kanye West 2020, that 2020 vision, what are my takes, you might ask? What are my thoughts on this whole situation? Well, my first thought was, huh, this is an interesting uh, diversion tactic to take a handful of black votes away from Joe Biden. Now, if you use Twitter as kind of a pulse of what's going on in America, you may notice that no one is really taking this seriously, and um, I think it might hurt... Kanye's feelings to understand that this is a joke to everyone else, even if it is not a joke to him. Uh, but maybe what everything I read to you is right in alignment with what you want, and you're fucking on board the Kanye 2020 train. And if that is what you do, I do not vote shame. I don't vote shame Trump's Trump voters. I'm not going to vote shame any voters. Uh, but it's fucking stupid. So that's my take. This is a, this is, people have been asking me for my take on this. I think it's, um, I think it's embarrassing. I think that given the state of our world right now and our standing as a country within the world right now, this is the last thing we need because it's embarrassing, incredibly embarrassing. Um, I don't really appreciate being part of a country that's laughed at by the rest of the world. Um, I don't like that the Canadian prime minister doesn't really want to come down here um, and sign the agreement in person 
for the new United States, Canada, Mexico trade agreement, NAFTA 2.0. Um, that is like essentially a, a clusterfuck. Um, so yeah, this is, this is just, it's, it's embarrassing. That's my, that's my stance. And there's times, I mean, if he would have jumped in there in the Obama era, it would have been kind of funny. Um, in the Bush era, it would have been kind of funny. Uh, maybe if things got back to some sense of like normalcy and product productivity, if he jumped in, it'd be kind of a fun uh, publicity stunt. And even if he doesn't intend it, intend for this to be a publicity stunt, this is very much what this is. Um, so yeah, I'm embarrassed um, that Kanye West, somebody I've seen in concert twice, by the way, in two of the weirdest concerts I've ever been to in my life. And I've been to some weird ass shows. Um, is running for president. But then again, Trump is our president, and that's also very embarrassing. So I think I'm just living in a puddle of embarrassment right now. And I think with that, we can move on to the next thing. That's, that, that's enough of this. Now let's talk about Beyonce real quick. Our girl Beyonce, an American treasure, or, or a Satan worshiper Named Anne Marie Latrossi. Latrossi. Anne Marie Latrossi. Oh, the, 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 the amount of utter fucking nonsense that's floating around the internet right now is astonishing. Not only Kanye West, but this guy, K.W. Miller, a congressional candidate from the 18th District of Florida is putting some he's going on some Twitter rants. Now I feel like he's 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 putting out the truth, the truth about Beyonce in some desperate attempt to have some kind of cultural relevance because this guy is a fucking looney tune. But for the sake of having fun, I thought we'd jump on here and just see what he has to say. So, let's read uh KW Miller's tweets about Beyonce. <clears throat> What's a reading today? Beyonce is not even African-American. She is faking this for exposure. Her real name is Anne-Marie Lestrasi. She is Italian. This is all part of the Soros deep state agenda for the Black Lives Matter movement. Beyonce, you are on notice. Hashtag Great Awakening. Hashtag QAnon. Hashtag WWG1GWA. Hashtag Trump 2020. Oh, okay. Don't worry, it continues. You all do know that Beyonce's song Formation, fantastic song, was a secret coded message for the globalist, I certainly hope. This song clearly admitted that she was demonic and that she worships in the satanic churches located in Alabama and Louisiana. She keeps Satanist symbols in her bag. The Satanist Formation song Beyonce shouts out a black Bill Gates in the making. Consequently, in 2020, we see Black Lives Matter terrorizing the country at the same time as Bill Gates pushes a COVID vaccination. She was getting the ladies in formation four years ago. Why? Looking more into Beyonce's coded globalist messages, who is Becky with the good hair? Who she encourages people to call white while apologizing? Oh, she's a Soros operative. Interesting. It all goes through London. And then she goes on to uh, talk about how Patti LaBelle is another alum Illuminati global puppet. This is a, a candidate for the Congress of the United States of America. And this isn't the only QAnon supporting candidate. There's one right here in my home state of Colorado that are stoked that there is an insider by the name of Q within the Trump administration leaking giving you little drip drips about how Trump is secretly attacking the deep state. Yes. You know, I think we need, to, we need to do a full episode on QAnon. If you're a fan of this show and you want me to do a full episode on QAnon, um, let's do it. Because I, I've been needing an excuse to dive in. Very cryptic and very interesting. Maybe something worth keeping up with here. I'm partial to Alex Jones myself when I want to, you know, go down the rabbit hole of crazy shit. But this fucking guy, K.W. Miller, for all my Floridians out there, where the fuck is this guy coming from? B 
Beyonce's not even effort. Isn't she from Houston? I mean, if she says she has hot sauce in her bag, that's some kind of symbolism of, of satanic ritual. Oh, I've got it. All hot sauce is dosed with a chemical that pulls you towards Satan because it's spicy. Actually, spicy food at all, spicy food at all will pull you into the church of Satan. Spicy food comes from the depths of hell. That's why it's so spicy. Figured it out. I figured it out. That's it. God damn it. God damn it. That's why Trump hates Mexicans so much. Because of the spicy food and the links to the deep state and satanic rituals. Oh my God, it's been right in front of my face this whole time. That's why he calls them rapists and murderers. Because of the spicy food. They were good people before spicy food. It's the hot sauce. The hot sauce in my bag swag. What the fuck are we doing with ourselves? Like, what is this? And I, I feel like this is a desperate cry for attention, but he just keeps going. This Twitter th- thread is 100 yards long. Oh, man. White people are crazy. Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle is a sweetheart, okay? She's just a Democrat. Get out of my face with that. This is wild. It's wild. K.W. Miller, good luck out there. I, I would I, I just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing because this is I, I would love to keep the people updated on the crazy shit that you have going on. But for the sake of keeping the show moving right along, on to the next thing. If you get your birth control for free under your employee's health care and you work at a place like Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby, watch out. Because Jesus said. If they don't have to give you birth control, if they don't want to, no matter what your religious beliefs are. Now, the Supreme Court of the United States, a.k.a. SCOTUS, which I like to pronounce as SCROTUS because that is way more fun, um, gets into the ruling based on the Obamacare um, birth control guarantee. So under the uh, employment health care situation, I'm going to make this as, as watered down as possible, you're basically guaranteed health care or guaranteed birth control with your health care. Birth control is incredibly cheap to make. Doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But if the organization is uh, religious in some certain ways, they can get an exemption on that, meaning that you have to go out of pocket for your birth control. This is a 7-2 decision. Now, it's, it's important to be clear here that this is not a con- uh, constitutional decision. This is constitutional or not. This is an interpretation of the of the written word, the plain language. Like, what was the language intended to say? Because there were certain exemptions for churches and things of that nature. But this is a huge win for the Trump administration because this broadens this out. And from what I'm understanding, if you are a religious CEO, you can say, yeah, ladies, sorry, no birth control for you. You buy yourself, Rain. Okay. And that is not okay. That is not okay. In my opinion, I'm not a woman. I don't take birth control. It's not birth control for men. All right. But, which is also unfair. It's first off, here's the deal. It's unfair that women have to take birth control anyways. That the burden of birth control falls on women is incredibly unfair. Just off the jump, that's unfair. And then we have a government that now is like, actually, based on the religious views of the, of the CEO of your company, they get to dictate whether or not your birth control is covered under your health insurance plan through that employer. Because we do have this ridiculous employer-based healthcare system within this country, the worst of both worlds. This is a complete fucking shit show. And now they're going to be able to dictate whether or not you get birth control, regardless of your religious views. I thought this was about freedom. I thought this was a free country. I thought there was religious freedom within this country. And how about we give people the freedom to choose whether they want to take birth control or not and not project that onto them, especially if the only thing between them and taking 
responsibility for their sexual health is finances. In the middle of a goddamn pandemic with the highest unemployment since the Great Depression. So this is the, this is the time. This is the time to make people go out of pocket for birth control. This is the time that we're going to attack abortion and birth control at the same time. Do you understand how fucking silly that is? That's what the Trump administration wants to do. I don't hate all of Trump's policies. I really don't. I don't like the guy as a person. But the fact that his evangelical fucking nonsense community around him that he by no means believes in. Do not get, your, don't, do not get it twisted. This guy is not religious by any stretch of the imagination. But they are going to take this time to attack abortion clinics just a couple months ago, and now women's birth control. That's already a burden that is really unfair that they have to bear on top of everything else. Come on, man. Really? Really? Now, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, meanwhile, she dissents on this opinion. She was one of the people that voted against this. She was one of the two. She says that between 70,500 and 126,400 women could lose their no-cost contraceptive services if more employees were exempt from providing it. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people, man. And I'm assuming that at these jobs, they're not making buku bucks. We're not talking about hedge fund managers here. And that's I think the one the one company that comes to mind is Chick-fil-A. Like the, the the founder of Chick-fil-A is highly religious. He's a Trump supporter. I was at Chick-fil-A today. I got eliminated. It was fantastic. I don't mind supporting them. And I think that they employ a lot of people in a lot of towns, and it's great. And they have really good food for a fast food joint. But I would venture to say that a lot of those people aren't religious. And having their health care dictated based on someone else's religious principles, what good does that do? What good does that do? How does that help anybody? It, by forcing people to pay for their own contraception, they're going to they're going to get into heaven? Is that how this is? Or maybe you're going to get into heaven because you did something so you can feel good about yourself and you can of course the left is all well there's you know the the right or excuse, excuse me, the the right criticizes the left for virtue signaling all the time. What the fuck do you think this is? This is policy virtue signaling. You're just virtue signaling to your god the same shit it is the same shit it's equally as irrational as many things that are going on right now and incredibly unfair incredibly our healthcare system is a fucking dumpster fire and you just made it worse you just made it worse so what if this happens what if the ceo of some company that's christian decides okay well i'm going to make a, a a religious exemption here and withhold birth control from my employees, but come to find out that Christian CEO was doing some super fucking shady shit. Maybe he was getting into kitty porn. Maybe he was cheating on his wife with a few employees that didn't have access to contraception thanks to his ruling. <laughs> so do you get to go away? Well, I'm sorry, since this guy, you know, obviously doesn't follow the word of God. We're going to give you guys birth control back? What is, this, is, this is the silliest shit I've ever seen. And it's about the interpretation of Obama. I'm pretty, clear, I'm pretty sure it was pretty straightforward what that meant. So silly. So silly. But I had to put that out there because I want you to see, you know, I like to criticize the right and the left, and I really more, more than anything else criticize the establishment and the, and the way that they conduct themselves. But this is a, an amazing example of exactly what I'm talking about. This helps no one. This helps no one. Maybe the people who put this in place feel better about themselves, but in reality, it helps zero Americans. Real Americans. Real working class Americans. This punishes people. It's, it's a shame. Again, embarrassing. Let's move on. All right. As will probably be, I tried to name this segment actually, but I couldn't really come up with something. Maybe we'll just call it the Jizzlane, the Jizzlane update. Welcome to the Jizzlane update. All right, this is going to be less about Ghislaine, Gislaine than it is um, what was going on with Deutsche Bank and Jeffrey Epstein. So 
what I wanted to get into today with the Glane, I gotta say Glane, it's the only word that makes sense. The Glane Maxwell update was um, what I was really curious about here was was what was covered, how was she covered by the immunity deal that was negotiated in 2007 for Jeffrey Epstein? Um, that really the non it was a non prosecution agreement. So basically, he could not be prosecuted for these crimes at a later date, um, based on the women that had come forward. So I was curious if if Ghislaine was was mentioned in that agreement or what the situation was. So I dove in a little bit. And what I found out was that the charges that are brought on Glane currently are actually from the 90s. So this is going to be before before the whole incident in Florida and the non-prosecution agreement. So they're going at stuff before because I think they know that the defense for Ghislaine is going to use that non-prosecution agreement because there was one sentence in one statement in that non-prosecution agreement that has that might indicate um, Glenn Maxwell as a part of it. Now she wasn't explicitly named, but they also said not limited to. So they listed off the co-conspirators that were named and they said, but this prosecution agreement is not limited to these co-conspirators, also any others, basically. So what her defense is likely going to do is use those three words in order to mount some kind of defense that she was a part of this non-prosecution agreement and not um, allowing to prosecute for those uh, those women that came forward, which is a huge deal. Those were the first very vocal women and really interesting, really interesting to see this. Now, I'm... I'm I'm a little bit confused and concerned here because I don't understand how they could it's almost like what is right is not what's what's what the law is, right? And it, it's a dangerous precedent to reopen this situation because there was a non-prosecution agreement, but in my opinion the people that are getting non-prosecution agreements are the kind of people that have had the money to pay for somebody, pay for the influence to make that kind of thing happen, so if they overturned that in some Supreme Court case perhaps Maybe I don't know. It would set a precedent. It would be it would be the first time that something like that has happened, as far as I know. But it's very interesting to see how how much of a security blanket that non prosecution agreement was for so many people. Glenn Maxwell being one potentially. Now, on some further digging, something came out today, and the Guardian posted this. So, shouts to the Guardian for doing pretty good work. Deutsche Bank, <laughs> Deutsche Bank is to pay 150 million in fines to settle charges linked to, linked to Epstein, Epstein's dealings. I'm running out of good words today. All right, so Deutsche Bank they onboarded him in 2013. So this is years after he was a known sex offender at this time, and the way he was working his accounts at Deutsche Bank were really shady. So he had gotten some advice on how he can pull out cash without getting flagged, um, without raising any eyebrows. He had some friends in there, and they wanted him on board because of his wealthy connections. That shows you what connections connections can buy you. Now, he was considered high risk, and they knew of his history of sex trafficking and abuse, including his 2007 guilty plea, which we already spoke about. Man, yet hundreds... (laughs) Yet they process hundreds of transactions obviously implicated by his past. So excuse me, I didn't didn't read that very well. Yet they process hundreds of transactions obviously implicated by his past. They included settlement payments totaling over $7 million, as well as dozens of payments to law firms totaling over $6 million for what appeared to be legal expenses of Epstein and his co-conspirators as well as payments to Russian models, payments for women's school tuition, hotel and rent expenses, and consistent with public allegations of prior wrongdoing, payments directly to numerous women with Eastern European European surnames, which um, are alleged to be his handlers that were finding these young European models and that were funneled into his uh, underage girl sex schemes. Now, it says banks are the first line of defense with respect to preventing the facilitation of crime through the financial system. I find that comical as fuck. 
Um, Linda Lacewell, the superintendent of DFS, said in a statement, in each of these cases that are being resolved today, Deutsche Bank failed to adequately monitor the activity of customers that the bank itself deemed to be high risk. Yeah, the bank that has a history of money laundering for the mafia um, all over the world, really, is, yeah, they, they let this fall through the cracks. <laughs> we should really trust what they have to say with their internal investigations. Oh, man. But despite knowing Epstein's terrible criminal history, the bank inexcusably failed to, de to detect or prevent millions of dollars of suspicious transactions. Wow, 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 wow. It goes so deep. It goes so deep. Wow. Good old Deutsche Bank. This is the big banks in general. Fuck these guys, dude. Get out of here with this shit. They've been living on a on a long leash for way too long. This is embarrassing. That's this the the, the theme of today's show is embarrassment of the United States. <sighs> that sweetheart deal, that non-prosecution agreement. I mean, if Ghislaine Maxwell walks, can you imagine the shitstorm? The shitstorm. Wow. Interesting. But they got fined $150 million, which is just a drop in the bucket for them. I'm curious where that $150, $150 million is going to go. <sighs> Probably won't right any wrongs, but it's there nonetheless. So that's the Ghislaine Maxwell update. And let me give you something to think about. Let's give them something to think about. I need somebody to come sing that for the transition music. Hit me up if you're interested. All right. If you've listened to the show for a while or just know of me in general, you know that I think that cancel culture is a problem. And I think that I actually tweeted this the other day. Um, something along the lines of a lot of people say that we need to be individuals need to be less sensitive. And a lot of people say that society at large needs to be more sensitive of the individual. And my take is they're both right. And if you pick just one of those two sides, you're very fucking wrong. And somebody said a word. I heard a word the other day that really piqued my interest. I was like, okay. Somebody said micro assault. And I was like, micro assault? What the? How many micro things are there? Are we just breaking things down now? Um, so I, I dove down, dove down the, the rabbit hole just a little bit and I found a few things. Uh, you've definitely heard the term microaggression. So we're going to break down microaggression, micro assault and micro invalidation. The micro is micro of them all microaggression. Oh God. <laughs> Any small scale verbal or physical interaction between those of different races, cultures, beliefs, or genders that may have no malicious intent but that can be interpreted as an aggression. May have no malicious intent, but that can be interpreted as an aggression. I would call that being ignorant, perhaps. Okay, but if it upsets somebody, we got to take it seriously. Microassault, a form or instance of microaggression involving purposeful discriminatory action, such as verbal attack or avoidant behavior. So by avoiding a situation, you can be micro-assaulting somebody. Fantastic. Micro-invalidation, a form of microaggression that excludes or negates a person's experience, thoughts, or feelings. I guess, um, like mansplaining, perhaps? <laughs> so here's the deal. Shit like this annoys the fuck out of me. And if that is a microaggression to you, Fuck off. This is absurd. That's not what this is. These are, you're just adding words to the English language to give yourself a very broad interpretation of when somebody is bothering you. I don't give a shit if you're black or white or trans or whatever the fuck. Everybody gets annoyed with people. Okay? And me being a straight white man, 
I can't get annoyed when somebody says some stupid shit and call it a microaggression because microaggressions are exclusively reserved for what are who are considered the culturally oppressed. And I think about this, and let me just give you a couple of examples. I call everybody dude or brother. Those are what I call guys. I even call girls dude a lot of time. Now, I've been in situations, and I try and be very considerate, especially the trans community, because sometimes that can be really confusing. For That's not, depending on which communities you live in or what communities you're a part of, that may not be something that's very common for you. And I always try and do my best. I always try and do my best to say what pronoun I can infer that person wants to be called. If it's a trans woman and I can see that, I'm probably not going to use a pronoun just because I want to stay safe and not offend somebody. But I say dude to almost everybody. Okay? Now, if some trans woman gets upset that I called her dude when I call everybody dude, and that's a microaggression, and, and you're going to get upset with, with me for that because that's the way that I speak to everyone, including my fucking friend, female friends, biologically female friends. That's a microaggression. Bordering on microassault. Really. That's what we're focused on now. A micro-invalidation. Avoiding. Excuse me. That's a micro-assault. Avoidant behavior. So actually the absence of me even saying any pronoun is avoidant behavior in a certain in a certain way. So is that a micro-assault? Am I micro-assaulting you? Really? What are we doing here? Micro-invalidation. A form of... <laughs> Microaggression that excludes or negates a person's experience, thoughts, or feelings. How the fuck do I know what your feelings, thoughts, and experiences are? If I don't know you. How does that make any sense? So now, in order to to have a conversation with somebody, I need to know their experiences, their thoughts, and their feelings. I need to be their goddamn therapist to have a conversation with somebody that's of a different nationality or sexual orientation than me. That's where we're trying to go. Do we want a world on eggshells? Is that really what we want in this world? Is a world that walks on eggshells. Is that what we need in this country where everybody's timid? Oh, my God. I don't want to offend anybody. Oh, my God. I don't want to be guilty of a microaggression in the workplace. And I think some of this stuff comes with the best of intentions. I really think that some of this stuff comes from the best of intentions. But what are we supposed to do with this? These are so broad and lack so much interpretation. Like, what are we supposed to do with this? This is why the fucking liberals of the world have gone fucking crazy. Because the thing about this is, if you want to believe this and this is what you want to like operate from, fine. Be my guest. That's fine. But you can't fire somebody for some of this dumb shit. You can't fire a, a teacher at a university for accidentally micro-assaulting you by avoidant behavior. You know why there's avoidant behavior within these like hyper-liberal communities? Because no one knows what the fuck to do. No one knows what to do. It's confusing as shit. I try and be super tuned into this stuff and be very considerate of people, and I'm confused as fuck. Not to mention somebody who doesn't really care that much and is not giving a shit really that big of a deal. If you ask yourself a serious question, how, much, how, many, how many things in the world do you actually give a shit about? It's not going to be a lot. A minority of things in the world that you could give a fuck about or what you give a fuck about. There's so many things that are happening right now. There's slavery and genocide, natural disasters, all that stuff's going on. But we're over here talking about micro-invalidations, micro-invalidations. It's called being annoyed. That's what it is, and everybody fucking deals with it. It's part of being human. It's an annoyance. Not a micro-assault or a micro-aggression or a micro-invalidation. It's called people having better things to fucking do with their time. And maybe it's if, you, if this is something that, that's triggering you in some way, maybe it's you being hypersensitive. And that's cool if you want to live in a nerfed-up world. But a lot of us, the majority of us, want offensive things in movies, and we want raunchy comedy, and we want 
ridiculous shit because it makes life more fun. And you know what? How about this? I'll say this. This isn't, people aren't going to love this at all. Stereotypes are fucking funny and often true. And, oh, God, this just wears me out. This wears me out because it's like you, the goalposts keep moving. They keep moving, and what it does is it goes, people just throw their hands up. Fuck this. Fuck this. I'm going to the alt-right. Fuck this. I'm, I guess I'm just racist now. I might as well own it. That's a, that's the direction. That's not the direction I'm going, but that's the direction this is pushing people. And you end up niching down, niching down, niching down your movement until it's nothing. Until it's just fluffy bullshit, because it's become so disconnected with the real world. We all get annoyed. We all get frustrated with people. It's part of the, it's just part of life. And because you have a special circumstance does not give you the right to project that onto everyone around you for fear of consequences. It's just something to think about. If you love this show, make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts, give it a five-star review, share it out on the gram, share it wherever you can. Shoot some text messages to some people. Say, hey, listen to this. You might be feel microaggressioned. He's going to micro-assault you via podcast. Um, you know, I'm, I want to say that I'm sorry for making a joke of it, but I'm not. So, oh, that's that. I appreciate you guys hanging out. It's been a good day. We'll have more for you next time, obviously. But until then, keep your head on straight. Much love. <laughs>